Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. So it's the third part of our Barnabas Community kind of series. Um, I was just saying that technically Susie was meant to be speaking part this morning but she listened very intently to my message last few weeks and said that in the same way that Barnabas went to get Paul to come and do something that she wasn't going to do this bit because it's the thing I should be doing and not her so I felt like I couldn't really argue with her because she listened intently to my message and used it against me which is wonderful um, but <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about the the third part of this. but before I do that I want to just recap quickly um, so we've been talking about being a Barnabas community and being a but Barnabas community and a but Barnabas community in the sense of that that Paul um, was somebody formerly saw who persecuted the church he was seen as a terrorist effectively and people didn't trust him people didn't believe the best in him people, people didn't see the best in him but Barnabas came along and that but Barnabas is the kind of thing that as a community I believe God is taking us into to be the people where perhaps somebody doesn't have a good reputation perhaps somebody is, is kind of dismissed or put down perhaps somebody is kind of just like discarded because of whatever it may be but we be as individuals and as a community those who come along and say but this and bring them and see them come into everything God has for them and helping people forward on their journey and helping people reach that ultimate destination which is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ to, to kind of be transformed where what he has done on the inside of us expresses itself out in our character in the way we speak in the way we act in the way we talk in the way we behave and all those different things it expresses that that it's not something we try and become but it's something that he has already done in us and therefore it's about an expression of those things and also at the same time as having that kind of idea of that's our ultimate aim within that journey within that process there is the uniqueness there is the individuality in the same way there's a body that we talked about the fact that there's some there's hands and there's feet and there's toenails and there's and there's ears and there's eyes and there's whatever it may be and that there is a uniqueness to the gifting and the gracing and the call on each of our lives and that is something that it's, it's so important that we empower amongst one another that just because someone's not like me doesn't mean that they're, they're not right or just because I'm not like somebody else doesn't mean that I'm no good but that there's a uniqueness and a difference and we may not know what that is yet and that's fine because our ultimate aim is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and on that journey we may find that uniqueness and we will find that uniqueness and it's about celebrating that and being the people who supply each other that it's not going well I will be what I am and that is everything that everybody should be and therefore I will be the one that's the centre of this I'll be the one that everybody comes to I'll be the one that helps everybody I'll be the one that looks after everybody because I'm I am it but actually going actually I'm, I'm part of it and that each joint each part supplies and each part does its own work um, to, to, for the edification of the whole the, the, in the same way that I can do part I can do a part that Luke can't do but in the same way that Luke can do a part that I can't do and my part might be to supply Luke to enable him to do his part but we have that idea that there's uniqueness and there's individuality in that corporate oneness of a body and therefore it's about celebrating that and the last bit I want to look at today to do with this that, that we be a community that be that but Barnabas that, that, that capture people in the stage of where they are and help them forward on their journey that, that celebrate the the uniqueness and the individuality of, of gracing and gifting and calling but realise it's not all about me but actually it's about a group of people that want to see a city reached and want to see a, 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 a nation transformed and the third part about us being a Barnabas community and a Barnabas community is that we are people that stand 
with others in spite of failure. Because failure is a, is a huge thing. And that we are not a community who discard people because of failure. Whether physically discard people because of failure or socially discard people because of failure. Or do that with our words. We're a community that still believe the best in people in spite of failure. And I'm going to unpick, and I'm hopefully, if I do my job properly today, you may not like me very much by the end of it, because I'm hopefully going to unpick that word failure. Because when we say failure, we all have a comfortable concept of failure. In the sense that, that kind of failure, that's okay, I can deal with that kind of failure. That kind of failure, uh uh-uh, that's not okay. And we kind of put a different wording to that. That's a gross failure or something. We do something to kind of separate this kind of failure over here because we're not comfortable with it. And what I'm hoping I can do this morning, I don't know why I'm hoping I can do this morning, but what I'm hoping I can do this morning is to get us to a point where we realise actually, whether it's just comfortable or uncomfortable, we, we can be a community that irrelevant of what the failure is. Be it people that, that, that in believe in the people or the groups or whatever it may be, but that experience that and see the best come out. And that is a massive challenge and unless we see it is a massive challenge I would humbly suggest we haven't really seen it unless we realise how big that is we haven't really caught it if we think it's easy then we don't really get what we're going to experience and the kind of situation we're going to encounter and with that you're so excited about starting today so first little verse just goes to Acts 12 And it would be helpful if I went to Acts 12 as well, wouldn't it? That would be good. Um, if you just turn to Acts 12, Lydia, in your, in your Bible, don't mind. As long as you don't say verse 27. No. Acts 12, verse 27. Yeah. 27. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to borrow someone else's. Is your Bible missing stuff again, yeah. Lydia? Come on. Um, Acts 12, verse 12. Just verse 12. I'm going to introduce you to somebody. Okay. Um, Acts 12, verse 12. It says this. I'm just going to pick up right banks back in the middle of a story, which is really bad to do, but I just want to do it to introduce you to somebody. So, when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. I'm going to introduce you to this guy called um, John Mark. And he is, has a mum, and his mum's name is Mary, and that's all I know about him at this point in time. Um, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. He is, the story around that is that Peter's just been, just been released, just got out of prison, um, and come to this house where Mary's house, and here she has a son, John Mark. We then move along a bit in the story, and we go to verse 25, and it says this, chapter 12, verse 25, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and they also took with them John whose surname was Mark so this guy who has a mum called Mary and lives in a house where Peter came to he then gets taken with Barnabas and Saul on the journeys they go on to and he goes with them and he is with them in all the things we've looked at in the last few weeks in terms of the journeys that they went on the churches they went to the people they went to he's with them so he is involved in what they are doing um, we don't hear his name mentioned a huge amount um, but it's important to us that he would have been travelling with them he'd have been encountering what they're encountering he'd have been seeing what they're seeing he'd have been experiencing what they're experiencing um, 
and it would have probably been pretty exciting, probably quite scary at points as well, but pretty exciting along the same lines because they did some amazing stuff. Um, and this guy, John Mark, is significant because he, in a very beautiful way, I believe, the Holy Spirit has interwoven him in this story to help show this aspect of Barnabas in the way that he deals with this man, John Mark. And the significance in the way he deals with him to the future of multiple people again. Because Barnabas, I'm hoping we've seen in the last few weeks, does something very profound in the sense that, that he sees things in people and in circumstances in a different way that other, than other people do. He sees beyond the initial circumstance, the initial reputation, the initial impression of a person. He sees beyond that and to what God's doing on, on the inside of him. He sees the, the, the reality of who they really are. And he doesn't just do it for a moment, but he seems to do stuff somehow that therefore, because he sees beyond the initial, it has an impact into well, in, well into the future. That what he does seems to have a kind of knock-on effect to, to events further down the line, um, including into our time now. The, 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 we talked about Paul, the, the impact that Barnabas had on Paul's life, and, therefore, and sub, the, the subsequent impact that Paul has had on the church's life, and the church's understanding of God, and the church's understanding of Jesus, that, that that's not, I'm not saying that's all because of Barnabas, but Barnabas had an impact on that. And he let, therefore he has this kind of knock-on effect impact on him. And as a community, I really believe that we will do the same thing. That it may not be that we are always noticed, or always applauded for it, when that's kind of irrelevant, but that we see things in people that others don't, and we call that forth when other people don't, and that we do things that have a long-term impact. And we may not even see the long-term impact, but, but that we build a community for us, and for everybody else, but for the kids that are in there. That imagine having a community that is built with 60, 70 years, 80 years down the line. That, 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 it's, that it's theirs that we build it for, because, because we're not building short-term. That's not the aim. The aim isn't to look fantastic in my lifetime or your lifetime. The aim is to be faithful to what God's given us. And part of what God's given us is them. And is them. And therefore we are faithful in what we build now to let it be awesome for them. Not just for us. That's so not on my notes. That's a nice little point, isn't it? Anyway, just go to Acts um, 13. So just read on... Um, and it says this, so I don't go to 13, yeah, wait a second. Yeah, I'm going to read actually, I'm going to read it. So Acts 13 verse 1, I'm going to read a bit of this for you again, okay? Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, etc, etc, etc. Verse 2, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted and the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed... And laid hands on them, they, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they, they, they went down to Seleucia, and there was, they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in uh, Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Okay, so this guy's still with them. And the thing I love about the Bible is those lines that are completely irrelevant in the context of that if you were writing something I'm sure from an English point of view that is not what you do you don't write and then go and they had John as their assistant and then just skip over it and write something different it just doesn't make sense unless there's a point unless they're trying to reveal something here that this guy's still with them this guy's still staying with them in this place in this context 
verse 6. Now when they had gone through down the Pathos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was the proconsul Sergius, sorry, who, who, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elamus, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, you will, will you not cease perversing the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you, you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him. And when he... And he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the pre-teaching of the Lord. Now I want to pull out two things in there. First thing, in the account of scripture, there is one man. One man in that journey to Cyprus who, who accepted Jesus. One man. That's not successful in, in a measurable way. One man. Second thing, the battle to get to that one man was quite significant. They're dealing with a guy who's a sorcerer. It's not just kind of somebody with like a Harry Potter wand with that glows at the end of it or something like that. This guy is obviously able to do things and therefore there's a challenge in the process of seeing that one man. Now, personally, that's worth it. But, but from a measurable point of view, that's not worth it. That The efforts and the input to get that one man is not significant. It's challenging, it's difficult, it's hard. And they, and they would have faced persecution and they would have faced challenge and they faced difficulty. And we read it in a cold way sometimes, which is understandable because we just read it. But if we're in that, we're going, man, this is tough, guys. This is hard what we're going through right now. This is a difficult season. And we, and we would probably, in our lovely westernised way that we do, be talking about the attacks and all this kind of stuff and making it all this kind of crazy stuff, which it was. But... The point is it's difficult. And then we get to this verse 13. And it says this. Now, when Paul and his party set sail from Pathos. So they've left again. One guy. Significant battle to get that one guy. They came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John, departing from them, returned to, to Jerusalem. But when they departed. Now John's left them. So this guy who we've had a few little snippets of information. About him being with them has then left them. We don't know why he's left them, and I don't want to state this is why, but I want to suggest, to give us a context. And the context is actually almost irrelevant in some ways, because he left. That, that, that's the big deal, that he left. If you imagine it in the sense that you've been through a difficult time, you've got the people with you that you trust, you've got the, got, got the people with you that, that, that you want there, and it's been hard and it's been difficult, you haven't seen the fruit, you haven't seen the return that you hoped you would see, and then somebody leaves, personally, you're going to go, oh, thanks very much, that's fantastic, isn't it? It's been difficult, I haven't seen the return, you only stay there because you want to see good stuff happen. I'm just suggesting, I'm not saying that's my but I'm just saying, or... Stuff's really challenging, stuff's really difficult, and he freaks out about how difficult it is and leaves. So there's these different reasons why he might have left. The point being, he left. He's abandoned them. He, he's not with them anymore. They're going on to do other stuff. John Mark has gone. Ah, uh-uh, not doing it, guys. Can't cope with it. Not happy with the results. It's not worth my investment. It's not worth it, guys. I'm going back. I want to go home. Comfortable at home. Everything's nice at home. I'm leaving. So he's left them. We then pick up this same story 
if you just go to, I'll just turn the page over, Acts 15. They've done lots of other stuff, he's left. Go to Acts 15. And verse 36. Bearing in mind, think about the significance of Paul and Barnabas' relationship. Think about it from Paul's perspective. This guy, Barnabas, believed in me when nobody else seemed to. This is not some kind of trivial Facebook friend who you don't really know who they are, but they've added you on Facebook at some point, and therefore you should still be friends with them. This is a deep, significant companionship and relationship. Think about it from Barnabas' perspective, that he has travelled with this guy and believed in this guy significantly for the last period of time. They are close. They are... They believe in each other. They back each other. They, they defer to one another. It's not like they've got this kind of like weird relationship where they're constantly fighting for the limelight. They back each other. One of them steps back and lets the other one go. The other one steps back and lets the other one go. It's a good relationship. I'm not, I'm not then leading this and saying this is a sign of a bad relationship. I'm just saying that, that there's a significance here. Verse 36. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where, where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who departed from them in Pamphylia, and they had not gone with them to the and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, and Paul took Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. That is the last point in the book of Acts you ever hear Barnabas's name mentioned. Not because it's a sign that Barnabas was wrong and Paul was right, but because we follow the story of Paul in the, in the Council of Scripture. Barnabas is mentioned in the, in the other letters, like in Galatians, Paul mentions Barnabas when he's talking about his encounter from his perspective, and he's talked about. But we follow the story of Paul. Now, this is significant, because Paul's going, and it's really interesting, because it do, doesn't say who's right and wrong. It doesn't say Paul's right, Barnabas is wrong. It just says they had a disagreement. Um... Paul's going, he's not, he, he, he said he departed from us, he left us. When it, when it was tough, when it was hard, when the results weren't there, or whatever the reason, he left us, we're not taking him back with us to go and do all the stuff we need to do over there. But I'm just going, no, look, we need to, it's important. I see something in him, and the irony is that I see something in him in the same way I saw something in you. And I, you can imagine that being part of the discussion, going, look, come on, Paul, it's exactly the same situation. You had a bad reputation. He's got a bad reputation. Come on. You can imagine the kind of discourse going on. He's saying, no, 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 it was genuine working in me. It's not working in, in Mark or whatever the argument may be. But the point is, Barnabas believed in Mark in a way that Paul didn't. Barnabas backed him in a way that Paul didn't. And you can argue that that led to them separating and potentially led to Barnabas, in some senses, not having the limelight Lay down the line in terms of our account of the scriptures. And the interesting thing for me is this Mark failed. It's not. We, we often want to determine stuff, but Mark failed. Mark left them when they needed him. Barnabas believed in him in spite of the failure. 
Paul clearly couldn't, for whatever reason, get past that and said, look, I don't want to. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but couldn't do that. The challenge to us as a community is, like I said before, we make failure pretty and noble in certain contexts. There's certain things we're happy with. There's certain things that I can kind of cope with someone failing in. Probably because it doesn't directly impact on me. There's other things where failure creeps across my threshold of like, that's not okay. That's not acceptable. And I will never come to the, most of the time, personally, I don't come to the kind of clear cognitive processing where I go, that's not okay. I'll probably express it in some other kind of way by making a stupid comment on Facebook or like having an argument with somebody about something or kind of just, I don't know, doing something daft. Do you know what I mean? I don't deal with it in a kind of rational kind of emotionally aware way I'll deal with it in the sense I don't like that I don't like that person anymore I can't believe they've just done that and it pushes our boundaries and there's things that that we find very difficult to cope with so failures of certain celebrities people we kind of cope with it's like okay they're failure thought we can believe in them we can back them failures of other celebrities we completely crucify and the reason for that could be a whole range of stuff but you see it, that, that one person can have an affair and we kind of somehow they recover from that. Another person does it and they never recover. And that's not because, it could be a whole host of reasons, but in the public eye, it's because we, for some reason we're okay with that bit and we're not okay with this bit. And that's because of the way we perceive failure. And there's things that I would be comfortable with dealing with somebody and other things I wouldn't. And my point is this, I'm not going to even list them because that, that, that's not going to be helpful because I will miss stuff off there. But I'm going to pose the question, where does it shift in your heart and mind? At what point do you get to where you go, where your body and your mind and your emotions go, ah, uh-uh, that's not okay. And ask God to help you. And it will be freaky and it will be uncomfortable because you'll, you'll experience it. I remember I prayed a little while ago. I prayed, God, I feel kind of okay with everybody that's in my life in terms of like I can cope with the people around me. Um, and even the people that sometimes wind me up the wrong way, I can kind of cope with them, God. But I know that that's probably means I've got too small a world. So God, I want to encounter people who I can't cope with. And I wish I hadn't because then I suddenly encounter people I can't cope with. Um, and it's interesting because I want God's heart for people. I don't want some kind of weird second degree heart for people that I could just kind of like. I want God's heart for people, which means I have a heart beyond what I can naturally cope with or even I've got comfortable coping with. And I've then experienced people in my life, that, not, not in this room, don't worry, not you guys, but people in my, um, that, that I, can't, I, I genuinely struggle with and I'm going, God, I need your heart for them. I need to see them the way you see them because I just can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. And it's the same kind of thing with this. So, God, I feel kind of semi-alright with people's failure in those areas and stuff, but I, I know I'm probably too small in my, in, in my perception of what is failure. Therefore, God, help me see where I'm not okay with in that way. And that's hard, because then you're confronted with it in your face, and you, your emotions go... And it's like, we don't... I don't, maybe it's just me. I don't deal with it well. Because I then just get angry and... and stupid um, and just make sure I don't go near anything that can allow me to access anything that keeps it permanently in public domain Um, but the point being it's a challenge because if we are going to encounter and experience and meet people whose failure 
we don't like. But if we have the heart of God for them, we can still believe the best in them and still see the, what God has for them and what God plans for them brought out in that. Paul had a, so Mark had a failure here that Paul didn't like. For whatever reason, he didn't like the fact he'd left them and said no. And there'll be things that I go, I don't like that failure. And I'll have a disagreement with Sai because Sai's going, no, come on, Steve, that's all right. We can manage, we can work through this. I'm going, no way. And I'm not saying that's even wrong. That discussion's not even wrong because it's not about, again, it's not all about me. It's about me being in a community where, actually, I probably don't, but Sai does, and I receive the heart of God that Sai has for the person, myself. And that's about community. It's not about me going, I have a heart for everybody and that's not a problem at all. It's about me going, actually, I don't, Sai, I really struggle with those kind of people. Please help me because I know you don't. And then he helps me to do that. And we have a disagreement and a talk about it. But the beautiful thing is that if I write this statement down, the more I receive of God's heart, the more I can express God's heart to people. We know that part. But the second part is the more I express God's heart to people, the more I see it in action. Because sometimes I get to a point where I go, God, I just want to receive more of your heart. And that, that's great and that's right. Nothing wrong with that. But I've got to get to a situation where I'm encountered with the person that that's difficult to and express that. Because in that moment, it expands the experience of what I know God's heart can reach to. If it just remains this kind of like ideal and doesn't reach situation, then it's never going to become something that I fully experience and truly experience. So my question to you is, what can't you manage? What kind of people, what kind of failure can't you manage? Can't you cope with? Because you never know, and I, I, I love him with all my heart, but he does tend to play on that sometimes and tend to come in with, here's somebody that you don't really connect with and they failed in a way that you don't really like. Come on, I want you to get to know them a bit I want you to believe in them a bit I want you to receive my heart for them because I want to expand and reach them and it may not be but think about it and it's not to bring condemnation it's not like oh my goodness I can't believe I don't like that that's not the point the point is going God I need your heart for this I need your heart for these people because then look what happens look what happens you just go to 2 Timothy we don't really know why John Mark left we don't really know. We know he left, and we can speculate about why. We don't really know. But he did leave. And in 2 Timothy, something phenomenal happens. It's 2 Timothy 4. And we're reading verse 9. Actually, no, we're not. We're going to read verse 6 first. For I'm already, this is Paul talking, and he's writing to Timothy. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Finally, has laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, um, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to those who have loved disappearing. Beginning to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved his present world, and has departed for Thessalonica. Um, the Cretans for Galatia, Titus for Damara. Only Luke, 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 only Luke is with me. I'm going to 
You've read ahead of this, but never mind. The context. People are leaving Paul. People are leaving him. Okay? He is struggling with the fact that people are leaving. He's saying that only... So he's writing to Timothy, who, who, is, who is with him, for want of a better expression. And he's saying that only Luke, Luke is with me. And look at his next instruction. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. The guy who left him, Paul's now saying, this guy is useful for, for me, for ministry. In the context of people leaving him. Why? Because Barnabas believed in Mark. And the area in Barnabas's life, sorry, the area in Mark's life where he was weak, and he was weak, he did fail, he did let them down, he did leave them. That area, Paul later on, who said, I don't want anything to do with him, he doesn't stay with us, that area became the thing that Paul said, I want Mark to come with me because he's useful to, to, to me for ministry. In what context? In the context of everybody leaving me. Something had happened in Mark's life where the guy who was weak in being stable and secure and steady and staying with it had suddenly, and was weak and left, has suddenly become the guy who, when I'm in a tight fix and I, pe- I need people to stay with me when everyone else is leaving, that's the guy I call for. That's the guy I ask you to come and get. And that is obviously because of the work of God in his life. But that work of God happened in his life because Barnabas believed in him. Barnabas went, no, no, look, I, there's something in him, Paul. There's something in him. If we just stick with him, in the same way we stuck with you, if we just stick with him, it will come out. And it came out. And it came out in a beautiful way. And that's what's going to happen. Think of the areas that you struggle with, with people failing. Think of the areas where we go, oh my goodness me, that just drives me up the wall. I can't cope with that part of it. If we can get the heart of God for those people and see them the way God sees them and see them like Barnabas saw Mark and see it, we can play a part in creating a space where they go from weakness to strength in that place. And that could be genuinely miraculous. Think about the extremities of failure in society. Think about the extremities of, of, of people falling. Even spiritually falling, falling from grace, whatever you want to call it, in terms of the, in the church. Think about the extremities in, 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 in celebrity culture. Think about the extremities in, in politics. Think about it in all those areas. Morally, socially, politically, whatever way you want to do. People falling. If we can be a community, it doesn't matter whether we're a thousand or twenty. We can be a community where we go, look, I see the heart of God for you. And I see it. And I believe in you. And I'm going to work with you. I'm going to create a space for you where, even though you don't believe it right now, even though you don't think that of yourself right now, because of what's happened, I'm going to see, we're going to see that area of weakness become an area of strength. We're going to see that thing that, that tripped you up, that, that thing that messed you up, that, that, that thing that, that caused you to fail, that thing become an area of strength. And that's going to be a testimony, not just to this realm, but to the unseen realm. That in the same way that Paul goes, I need the mark to come, come to me. I need, in, the, in this time where everybody's leaving me, I need people around me who are stable. Bring me Mark. Bring me the guy who left me. Because something so dramatic has happened in his life that he's now the one that I'm going to rely on and call upon. And that's because he had a Barnabas in his life. 
we are Barnabas's to each other and we're Barnabas's to the people we meet. We're going to see things that other people don't see and that points that will make us look stupid and we will fall out with people because we see it and other people don't. And they'll go, Mm-mm, don't see that. You can't do that. that. That's not okay. But the point isn't our reputation at that point in time. The point isn't that, that we look great at that point in time. The point is that we go, I'm going to be faithful to what I've seen. Barnabas wasn't being difficult. It wasn't like, I want to separate from you, Paul, because I want to start my own ministry. That wasn't the point of it. And I've heard people talk about that passage in that context before, and it's ridiculous. That's not the point. Barnabas wasn't going, I want my own ministry, Paul. We're getting each other's way. I want to have my Barnabas Ministries International, and you have your Paul Ministries International. That, that wasn't the point, okay? The point wasn't that. The point was that Barnabas saw something in Mark that he got, I can't, I can't do it, Paul. If you're not going to take him with you, then I can't go with you. Because I've seen something in him where I've got to stay. Because I've got to be faithful to what I've seen. I can't, I can't do it. In the same way I saw it in you, and I put my, rep, my whole reputation on the line because I saw it in you, and I brought you in, I just couldn't not do that. I can't not do it again. Therefore, I've got to go my way. Because you don't want to right now. And it's nothing about they're like, it's not even about ego with them. They weren't looking at that. It was just genuinely them going, Paul going, well, I don't see it. I don't see it. Okay, well, okay, that, that's fine. I do. I see it in this point in time. And I will stay with them. Because I need to stay with them. Because I need to see it come through. And that is what it looks like to see past the failure and go, look, I can see it in them. We're almost finished. I want to finish with one little thing. Barnabas saw the best in him and he saw it but Mark had to respond it's not about and this is just important because otherwise we go down an avenue where we we end up I don't know what the, I don't know what we end up doing but we end up doing something that's not good we go down an avenue and Mark had to respond to the to what Barnabas saw it can't it can always remain I can always see it I could spend my entire life seeing the very best in a kid in my class that I can see the very best in them and I can see it and I can see it and I can do everything I possibly can to create a space for that student to come into the, everything God's got for them or, or the best they've come from or the, to get the grade they need to get or whatever one say. but I can do whatever, everything I can but I cannot do it for them I can create a space and a culture and an environment where I can but I can't do it for them. They have to respond. And in this context, Mark did. Because we see that he did. He, he, he became the one who was strong and stable, despite the fact he was the one that left them originally. So he responded to that. And that's the point, that grace and, sh- and seeing beyond and seeing the heart of God isn't about not having boundaries. It's not about going, I will do anything to see you come into everything you've got. It's not about the removal of boundaries. It's about going, well, this is what I see. This, 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 is, this is what I can do. But grace is about empowering self-control. And about empowering the person to be able to make those decisions. For example, if someone gets put into prison because they break the law in the UK, grace is not about when they need to come out of prison. Because in the, in the UK, 
there is laws and there's things in place that, I mean, you do this, this is the consequence of it. It is about, Barnabas is about, going, okay, you've done that, and that was absolutely stupid. That was the most stupid thing you could possibly have done. Why have you done that? Barnabas is about going, okay, but I'm going to come and see you every single day, or every single week in prison, and I'm going to remind you who you are. I'm going to remind you of the fact that you're not what you've done that got you here. You're not the failure because you've done this mistake. I'm going to remind you who you are constantly. I'm going to do whatever I can. So when the day comes that you're freed from your debt to society, you're going to come into everything you can come into. Because we know historically of situations in the church where there's been people who have done stuff that is not appropriate and it hasn't been addressed in the the appropriate way to keep other people safe. We know that's happened. And that's what I mean, because the message can be sometimes, right, well, we, we forgive that person, absolutely, 100%, and we, we should grace that person, absolutely, 100%. But perhaps that person needs a little bit of help to not do that same thing again, and perhaps that person needs to be taken away from a few other people, because those other people aren't safe. But it doesn't mean I change my attitude towards that person. It doesn't mean I go, actually, I don't believe in that person anymore, because I 100% believe in that person. And that means that in spite of what they've done, in spite of the fact they've been removed from that thing, in spite of the fact that whatever, I still believe in them. And I will do whatever I can to believe in them. And I'll do whatever I can to back them. Because I'm saying this, because I believe, and I'm, this is going to be tough, but I believe we will have to deal with people in those kind of situations where they have done something where they are in prison or they've done something where they are having to deal with the consequences of that thing because consequences aren't anti-grace if I, I don't know um, shout at Susie and upset her and do whatever I can't then just go well please show me grace Okay, the consequence of that is she's upset that's a consequence of me shouting at her the point is that I then work on the fact that why am I shouting? Why am I doing that? And start to work on that. And hopefully have someone around me that believes in me to go, you don't need to do that anymore. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. And my point is that we're dealing with people and we will deal with people where there's consequences to their choices, consequences to their bad mistakes, consequences to the fact that Mark left them. There's consequences to that. <laughs> but Barnabas saw beyond the consequences, helped him deal with the consequences, helped him man up and address the consequences. And still believed in him. And still kept believing in him. There will be people that we have, that we know, that we meet, who are dealing with the consequences of their choices. And we will be in a position where we're going, okay, yeah, deal with that. Let me help you deal with those consequences. Let me help you deal with the, the kind of mess you've made on the back of those decisions. But I still believe in you. And by believing in you, and by seeing the best in you, I'm actually going to do two things. I'm going to help you deal with the mess. And what's going to help you not make the mess again? in the future I'm going to help you become the one who's strong and stable when you, when you normally would have leave people I'm going to help you be the one who is compassionate and kind when, when you would have been the one that's, that, that's harsh and cutting because I'm going to I, I see the best in you I see what, what is possible and what is there but I'm also going to help you manage the consequences of the decisions you made and manage the consequences of that because we will be I don't know when but we will be dealing with people who don't just do little failures that we kind of go, okay, that, that's kind of, we can manage that. But who do big failures? Big failures. And therefore we need to be receiving the wisdom of God and the grace of God and the heart of God to see, yes, I see the best in you, but I'm also going to help you and have the wisdom of God to help you become into all you've got, managing the consequences, managing those things that have happened and dealing with and addressing those things.
Romans 5.20 says that where sin abounds, grace superabounds. And 2 Corinthians 12.10 is Paul talking and saying that, that when he is weak, then he is strong. In our own lives, in the room, in the lives of the people we know, in the, in the lives of the community, we're going to see the areas of weakness become the areas of strength. The areas where there's the greatest failure become the areas where the grace of God superabounds. The areas where there's the most distress and, and turmoil and, and upheaval be the areas of greatest hope and stability and strength. Because God is giving us eyes to see beyond just what we see in front of us, just beyond the reputation, beyond the prison sentence, beyond the, the, the kind of public betrayal, the kind of the newspaper cut articles to see beyond those things and see actually there's somebody there I can see the very best in and when I see that and it may mean that my reputation plummets because I stand alongside them it might mean that that we look naive because we stand alongside them it might mean that it takes a long time because we stand alongside them but whatever it may be that I see it and I've got to be faithful to what I've seen I've got to be faithful to what I've seen of you in there and therefore I will give whatever I can give to help you but I'm also hoping that I'm praying that you will respond and, and do what you can to become into all that God's got for you to come into everything he's called you to be to come into that because that is what I believe God is calling us and leading us into to be people that see differently to be the Barnabases in people's lives that step in at the points and just bring them into everything God's got for them to move them forward on their journey whether by failure whether because of reputation whether because of own personal agenda whatever it may be that we're going to see beyond those things and just see them come into everything God's got for them that's Barnabases to each other Barnabases to our friends and our families Barnabases to our communities but it's an exciting and a challenging time it's an exciting and a challenging time and my encouragement to you in the next few weeks is to just keep reading through the references to Barnabas there's not loads in there but keep reading through them and just thinking and meditating on them because I've tried to unpack a little bit of what I believe God is sharing with us on it but there's so much more there's so much more and I'm really praying that, that we see that and I know that we will individually and as a family and as a community move forward on our journey but we'll also see other people move forward on their journeys and who knows where their journey will start? Who knows when we'll, our paths will cross? It might be a happy, glorious time. It might be a very difficult time for them. But the point is that when we, as a community, as individuals, encounter their lives, they will move forward on their journey. Because that book, Barnabas, changes everything. It changes everything. And that, and that is what I want you to fill your imagination with. It changes everything. When you meet those people go, man, this is going to look amazing. The area of greatest weakness is going to look like the area of greatest strength. Even with the, per- the people who said, think about it, because it wasn't just anybody who asked for Mark. It was the guy who said he was weak, who then said, I need him because he's strong. That's a whole change. That's reconciliation. That's a whole transformation. And when we meet and encounter people where they've been written off by goodness knows who, or goodness knows what, even the people that wrote them off, even the people that dismissed them, even the people that said, no way, uh uh-uh, not going to happen, even those people will eventually go, potentially, look at what's happened in their life. Look at what's gone on in their life. 
So Holy Spirit, just help us. Help us to receive your heart. Help us to see the way you see. Help us to have the wisdom and the the grace of God to to know how to to work in situations with individuals and people that we meet. And just help us to be that but Barnabas, to be those people that help people forward on their journey. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.